Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. Well, I'm so excited about this morning that, I don't know, I can hardly hold myself because uh, this morning we're going to, we're in our third message in a series that we've called Outbreak. And we're going to break out of some things, and we've already done two, that I encourage you to go back and, and get those messages and, and really appropriate them, uh, personalize them, bring them into your life so that you can have an outbreak of whatever it is that's, uh, that you need to break out of. And there's a lot of things where we're going to go with this series. Uh, we're going to look at a whole lot of things, mindsets and fear and other things like that. Uh, I just want you to determined, though, to write some things down and to break out of holding patterns and ceilings. They're, they're mainly glass ceilings that, that, that aren't even real. They're just a facade. It's something that's supposed, uh, it's imposing, rather, is real, but it's not real. It's only as real as you make it. And there's a word that I absolutely detest. And you think, eh, what, what would that be? And... It's the word impossible. I reckon if God had a dictionary, that impossible would not be in the dictionary. Because all things are possible with him. And, and so to have him defined by any, anything at all, it's just not going to happen. We need to realize that it's God that lives on the inside of us. The one that does the impossible is on the inside of, uh, of you. And so when you speak that out into your world, you really uh, are limiting a limitless God. God allows us to have finiteness, and he created us as limit, limited beings so that we need him, and he invites us to step into his unlimited world so that we can rely on him and get to know him and his nature and start to experience what it means to have a, a, a limitless God living on the inside of us. Now, there are some things that I know are impossible, and I'm just going to get this out of the way because I, I don't like impossible. I told you that, but I detest it, and uh, so I'm going to get this out of the way right now, but there are some things that aren't going to happen, and I would say, okay, they are impossible. I'm not going to get pregnant anytime soon. Uh, just not going to happen. Sometimes I eat so much that I feel like I just might look that way, but it's not going to happen. I'm not going to run a three-minute mile or a four-minute mile anytime soon either. It's just not possible. But a lot of things that we are defining as impossible need to be redefined. And so what I've called this message in our series, Outbreak, I've called it, this is really original, you're going to love this, I've called it Mission Impossible. I mean, how original is that? Come on. <laughs> and. Uh, and a lot of the things in our, that, that we have defined as impossible, we need to redefine. A, a definition has, it's just exactly that. It defines something. It gives something definition. And in our thinking, we need to bust out or break out uh, of anything that's defining what could be. So I want to give you somewhat of a formula this morning. We're going to, we're going to add these words together. And the first word that I want to give you, because I believe that all things are possible, the first word that I, that I want to give you is perception. 
And what we're going to look at are four powers that put together equals turning impossible into possible. And the first word that I want to give you is, is the first power. It's the power of perception. It's the ability to redefine something in the context of this morning. It's the ability for you to redefine whatever it is that you're calling impossible. Perception just means this. It means to see. To perceive something means to see something. And a lot of times we're just not seeing it because we've got people uh, in our lives, perhaps even facts and some well-meaning people, that have defined things in our lives and we've bought into something that, that really has is, is clouded our perception, our ability, your ability to see has been clouded, it's been darkened because of quote-unquote experts in your life. Well, my question is this. Who gives anybody the right to tell you that it's impossible? Who, who is it, the expert, is it the, uh, the, the soothsayers, is, is it uh, uh, the, 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 the skeptic society, is it science? I mean, science has been wrong on more than one occasion. Hello, Galileo, Aristotle, you know, <laughs> all of that. Like, who gives anybody the right to tell you and to define whatever it is that, that you would like to see happen, to define that is impossible? And so I want, to, uh, I want us to look with fresh eyes this morning. A lot of the reason that we're not stepping into something new and breaking out into some areas of life is because, quite frankly, they're hidden or they're veiled. Now, there's a great word that goes with perception, and it's called revelation. Revelation doesn't create anything new. Revelation just unveils what's already there. It's pulling back the curtains, the, the book of Revelation, what we call the book of Revelation, John's letter, the, the revelator. He wrote something about Jesus that was already there. Jesus didn't just come into existence when Paul wrote the book of Revelation. Jesus was all, always there. It was just clouded as to who he was and what his purpose was and his omnipotence. And so John gets this revelation where God just pulls the curtains back and says, okay, John, here is Jesus Christ. This is what he's about. This, the whole letter is about him. And there are things in your life, they exist, but you just can't see them. Because something that is there that you can't see doesn't mean it's impossible. The dark side of the moon has always been there. But it wasn't until 1968, toward the end of, uh, of, of December of 1968, that they went out, circled it, and actually got to see the dark side of the moon for the very first time. It was always there, however. There are things in your life right now that are, that are there. They, they just are unseen. They just need to be revealed. You just need to have perception. You need to see it in order for you to seize it, to step into it. You, you, you must see that. You must see the possibilities are there, even though somebody has defined it as impossible in your life. There's a great word that, uh, that goes with uh, when we're talking about perception and we're talking about seeing something. Sometimes we just need to redefine whatever it is in a way that makes it more probable. And, and sometimes our conversation, and I, I would encourage you this in conversation, is just to look at it and, and, and let God redefine your vocabulary into possibilities. So prob 
uh, uh, perception is such a huge, pow uh, powerful thing. In fact, uh, the next word that I want to give you, so we can add these, these things together, that perception plus another big word uh, and, a, and a great power, perception plus unity, or we could say agreement, we're leading towards turning uh, impossible into possible, perception plus agreement. It's really important that when you're talking to people and you're walking through life, that you look for people that aren't telling you that it can't happen. That you look for people that have like vision, that can see what you see. See, individually, you're just one. You're the power of one. Isn't that exciting? But you're walking through life, and you've got so much power and so much energy and so much uh, uh, capacity within yourself. But when you get to two, the Bible says this in Ecclesiastes 4, I think it's verse 12, you know, if, if, if one person gets attacked, uh, you know, they've got to stand alone. But, if, but two can fight together. But then it goes on and says, but a three-stranded cord, it's not easily broken. And there is something with uh, the power of agreement where you step into something called synergy. Now, synergy is a great word. I love synergy. There was a man named Buckminster Fuller who wrote a whole book on synergizing and the, the power of that. It led to, uh, I think his name was Whittle, uh, it led to another man that, that invented alloys that could contain uh, the jet engine. Jet engines get to about 1,500 degrees uh, Celsius, and, and that's like that's really hot. It's like I think it's like 2,500 uh, 2, or something Fahrenheit. If I get my math right, forgive me if I don't. But uh, you know the whole thing would melt down, and there's no metal on its own that could withstand that kind of heat, and that could take those kind of G forces. There's no metal in itself that could house. Uh, or be the cowling of a jet engine. However, with synergy, when you mix those metals together in the right capacity, it, it forms what's called an alloy. And that alloy, the tensile strength of that alloy, becomes a, a multiple of whatever the individual ones are. So synergy just means that the sum is greater than the individual parts in themselves. Two can do a lot more than one. Three can do an amazing thing. So if you're looking at trying to get to four, and you got three people, you've got the power of one, one, and one, it's impossible to get to four out of three. Three doesn't eat one plus one plus one does not ever equal four. However, when you get into agreement with somebody, that's why it says in, in Matthew 18, 19, it says, if two or more of you shall agree, as, as touching anything, Jesus said this, it shall be done. Yeah. That's amazing. Why the two or more? Why, why, why are we looking at uh, getting you know, more than just the individuals together? Because of synergy, the power of unity. It was on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. It says, when they're all together. Well, when they were all together in one place, and then it says in one accord or, or, or in unity, 
Then the, the Holy Spirit hit that room, that upper room where they were seated. He hit the room right there. And, and, and something amazing happened with the 120 individuals now getting together in unity. And there was a mighty a sound like a, a mighty rushing wind. There was a sound that echoed or reverberated out of there. And it was a synergistic sound. It was something that they really it, it, they hadn't heard since the Tower of Babel. When they get together, there's nothing thing they can't do. And God saw that, confused their languages. And then on the day of Pentecost, he brought it all back together again because they were in one accord with him. So he gave them one language. God doesn't want us to have a language outside of him. He wants to be involved in a synergistic effect, if you will, or relationship that's in your life. When you get God involved in your life, when you get into agreement with other believers and you get into agreement with other people that aren't telling you you can't do it. That's why I don't like impossible. And I like that word. A lot of times we just have to redefine it, see it different, and say, look, it's not, maybe it's not probable, but it's not impossible. It's not probable that I'm going to become a billionaire, but it's not impossible. It's not impossible. It's not, it's not probable, men, if you've got a little bit of excess called a spare tire here, it's not probable that you're going to lose that next week or by Christmas. Let's just put it out there. But it's not impossible. And there are some things in your life as you're sitting here this morning or listening online, there are some things in your life you just need to redefine those things as not impossible, but maybe it just hasn't been probable. And, and, and re, redefining things, changing your perception on things, and then finding other people that will lock into agreement with you on something, then something amazing is going to happen. One plus one plus one working together equals four. Synergy kicks in. The power of agreement kicks in. The most powerful force in the universe is a person. He's not a force. And when you agree with God, well, wow, you've got the fourth man in the fiery furnace. There were three Hebrews, and they were in a fiery furnace, and Nebuchadnezzar turned up the heat so hot. It was already hot enough to fry anything, but he just turned, turned it up. They're in that furnace. They're in unity together. Paul and Silas are in unity together in a prison. They're, they're facing impossible odds. They're going to die. But they get into agreement together. They start singing songs. I don't know what the songs were, possibly what we sang this morning. <laughs> but there's power in that. Perception. Per perception is amazing. They perceive, the, the, the three Hebrews in the fiery furnace perceived there's somebody else in this furnace with us, and he, it, it, he looks like the, the Son of Man. Somebody's in that furnace with you right now. Whatever you're going through right now, yeah. there is, there is a, a fourth man, if you will, in the furnace with you. Before you get the fourth man, look for some other people to, to get into agreement with. That's what believers do. They believe. That's why the early church was called those who believe. It was called the way. Why was it called the way? Because he is the way. 
we, we, we will find a way, if you're looking at God, God will help you find a way to see impossible turned into possible in your life. If you will redefine that by seeing something different and let him pull back the curtains of darkness and all the what ifs. And, and you know, I've been there. My brain's squirming with, you know, how can that be? Mary would have thought, that, how can that be? Peter and, and John would have how could that be? The three Hebrews, how, how could this possibly be? How, how could anybody walk on water? Peter did. He did what, wasn't impo- what was impossible because possible showed up. And if you're a believer, he will make a way where there is no way. That's why it's so important. Don't cast away your confidence Don't throw your faith away. Keep your faith. Keep it strong. Keep believing. Find other people to grab hands with you and walk into that situation and redefine that thing as uh, from impossible over to probable and onward to possible and watch what God does. I want to give you the, the third big power. That's the power of generosity. So we've got three right now. We've got (laughs) <laughs> perception, the power of perception of, uh, of seeing that thing differently and letting God redefine that. Then we've got the, the power of, of unity, the power of getting into agreement. And the third one is generosity. And it is the law of sowing and reaping that whatever you make possible in somebody else's life, God will make possible in your life. That's why we preach that regularly uh, over and over again. The seed sown, uh, seed time and harvest, sowing and and reaping. It's a a law in the universe that that whatever it is that you're making possible, do you get that? In somebody else's impossible, that God makes that possible for you. It has to happen. It's a a law. It's a very powerful law. Uh, You know, I... Early in my Christian walk, I was able to tap into that. It was preached. I got a hold of it. I read some amazing books about that. And I thought, this is amazing. I think I'm going to give it a go. And so I did. And 40 years later, however long it's been since I first believed, I could tell you that is a law. Some of the richest people on earth are, are, are busy trying to give their fortunes away. And, and they keep turning back up again on the world's wealthiest list again and again and again, having given it, given, given so much away, it just keeps coming back, coming back, coming back. Why? Because it's a law. When you get, when you get a perception on something and then you get into unity on that and then generosity starts to flow out of your world into somebody else's world, out of what God has made possible for you into somebody else's impossible, then all of a sudden it's like a river. It just has to happen. There's great power for that to flood in. And then the third, uh, fourth thing rather that I want to give you, the fourth power uh, today, the fourth power is the power of presence. And not just any presence, because we're always in the presence of something or someone. You're either in the presence of problem, (laughs) impossible, overwhelming fear, all of those things coming on you, or you're in the uh, presence of God, who says you can do it. 
With man, this is impossible, Jesus said. A camel can't go through the eye of a needle. He told the rich young ruler, what must I do to, to inherit eternal life? And, you know, he, he, he told him, what, what are you doing? What, what, well, I've kept these commandments. That's good. That's great. Now take up your cross and follow me. But then he said, it's easier for a, a camel <laughs> to go through the eye of a needle. One translation says a, a thick rope to be threaded through a small needle. It's 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 it's. It's impossible with man. But then he goes on and says this, but with God. Those two words will change your situation right there. But the thing of it is, you can't have a with God until you have a perception of God. Blessed are those uh, uh, who are pure in heart, Jesus said, for they shall what? They shall see God. The word see means to perceive. There you go. Perception. You have to see him and not your problem and not the negativity and not the, 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 the knowing your situation is impossible and it can't possibly, one plus one plus one can't possibly equal four and, and the experts will tell you it's impossible and everything else. The power of, of, of perception and then the power of unity when people are getting together, not, not in a discord, but in an accord, then something beautiful starts to play. And, and, and when we get into the power of, of generosity flowing through that, God just looks at it and goes, I can't help myself. I have to get involved in that mess. I can't help myself when I find people that are talking unity and they're, and they're praising me and they're singing about me and, and, and they're worshiping me and they're in one accord with their mouth and with their attitude, then God just goes, i got to get involved. I'm in the midst of that one. When God finds a lack of perception, I just don't even know, I don't know about God. You know, science tells me that there is no God. Unity, uh, it's easier to talk dirt about people than it is to speak blessing and get, get my attitude right. It's, it's a lot easier to just hold a grudge, hold that grudge. You know, let's just be part of another Taken movie or something. We're going to get revenge on everybody, aren't we? Oh, we love that. Rather than getting in unity. Why would I be generous? I'll just hang on to it all. My precious. God can't resist it. Those other powers kick in. There's promises that are attached to every one of them. Amen. And when we see those things happening, all of a sudden, wow. The Bible says this, and um, I think it's Mark, it says, the Lord working with them with signs and wonders following. The Lord working with, wow. Say no more. Have you ever tried to do a job that honestly was really hard yakka? And I've done a lot of that in my life. I've had a lot of odd jobs, put myself through school. All the way back from high school, I learned to shovel a lot of gravel and a lot of dirt for people to make money, shoveling snow, heavy loads where my back would just ache, but I was young, I could take it. And, but it's so nice when somebody else shows up to work with. It really makes the day. 
the day goes very quick when you're working with somebody you really enjoy. It's like it's no longer work, it's actually a pleasure. And I've had that many jobs, and I'm probably speaking to you too, where you have, and it's so wonderful when you're working with somebody that you really want to work with and be with, and you get into agreement together, it's an amazing thing that starts to take place. Sometimes we need to learn how to get into agreement with people, how to work with people, and in particular, how to work with God. To work with God, you have to see God, perceive God, and realize that God wants to work with you in that situation, not independent from you. That's why he's called you his body. We are his hands and his feet. We're his mouthpiece. We're his ears. We're in this world to represent him in this world, and working with him is incredible. Having a with God is the absolute most amazing thing that ever happens in life. But the other three powers or the other three things that I've taught you this morning, they have to line up before you're going to have a with God. You won't have a with God and have uh, I don't like you uh, to your brother or your sister in the body of Christ. You won't have a, a, a with God if you don't see that there is a God. You won't have a with God if you can't get into agreement, get into harmony, if you're not going to be generous. Then if you are, you will have a with God. And with God, everything's possible. Yes, There's nothing that is impossible with God. Most of the time, it's us that make it impossible. Because we can't get along. We hoard it up. We don't want to let go and be generous. Can't get into agreement. I think about all the things that I've witnessed in life where it looked impossible, seriously, absolutely impossible. This is never going to happen. I've seen that through praying for people that doctors said, you cannot have a child. I was talking recently with somebody that uh, you might be here, I don't know, but, you know, a lot of people told them, you can't have a baby. And miscarriages and doctors and experts. So they turned to the church world, to other pastors, and they said, well, you know, you got to just do IVF or do something, or I'll tell you what you need to do, you need to adapt. But I remember talking to this particular couple, and they went to one pastor in particular who had some faith, he said, no, let's pray right now. Let's just get into agreement right now. They got into agreement, and they had two children, probably on the way to having more children. So who's the know-it-all in your world? Have you ever met a real, a real know-it-all? <laughs> Nervous laughter. Hopefully it's not the person sitting next to you. But isn't it terrible when you meet somebody that's a real know-it-all? They just know everything. And they're quick to use the word, the I word, <laughs> the impossible word. Oh, you know, that's not going to happen. 50 million reasons. They're almost like a contestant on the chase. They just know all these random facts of why it's not going to work. My advice to you, if you want to have an outbreak in your life into something new, is shut the voices like this. Shut the voice off. Do not listen to that. Imagine Peter stepping out of the boat, 
to walk on water, the only guy that did it, even to this day. Imagine him about to step out of the boat, and he decides to run it past the other disciples in the boat. Hey, I, I think, you know, I think I could walk on water. What do you think, John? Well, what's, 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 what's your take on that, Andrew? Well, I wouldn't do that. The water's not even still to begin with. It's not ice, bro. Don't get out of the boat. But Jesus is there. I think I can. I'm going to ask him. No, don't, don't bother him. <laughs> but he knows the, wor the, the Lord working with me, that, that what is impossible changes. Water turns into wine when the Lord is working in the marriage. The impossible happens. And so he steps out of the boat not asking for the consensus of the others. Sometimes we're too busy asking for other people's opinions to go to God and see what God wants to do with the situation. There was a man, oh, probably 100 years ago, perhaps, Never been married, 60 years old. Had never, ever been married. Didn't have any children. Probably past the age where anybody would seriously consider being married. He fell in love with his uh, housekeeper, a much younger woman. She had one child. He defended her on the streets of Sydney, I believe it was, but here in Australia. And she trusted him. and. Lo and behold, they went on and had eight more children together. He lived to over 100. If the old codger wouldn't have done that, my wife wouldn't be here today because she's his great-granddaughter. Yeah, the Lord of hand clap. I wouldn't be here because part of me being her, here was her story and us getting together. Got a son in New York that wouldn't exist if the impossible wouldn't have been possible. Quit calling impossible, sorry, don't call possible, rather, impossible. Start to redefine it. Let God give you a fresh revelation. Start to walk together, see together. Be generous with whatever God brings out of that synergistic relationship and start to walk with God and have a with God experience in your world because it's not impossible. Whatever you're facing right now, whatever God has called you to do, and I'm going to ask you this question in closing. I'd like the worship team to come up. But whatever God has called you to do, it's not only possible it's not improbable even whatever God's called you to do with him it is possible and if you don't do it if he's called you to do it then seriously uh, you're going against the person that you call Lord in your life you have no imperative but to call impossible possible if God's called you to do it Peter said just one word Lord if it's you Bid me to come. Jesus said one word, come. There's just one word that separates you from your miracle. Just one. 
And I'm, I'm going to pray for you in a moment here. And I, I believe that right now, there are, in, this, in this congregation and listening online, I believe that there are so many things that God has called so many of us to do that we've just thrown it away, probably because of knowledge. <laughs> the wrong kind of knowledge. You see, not knowing is a scary thing. You're stepping into the darkness. You know there's something there. You believe God's called you to do it, whatever that is. But that not knowing, we don't want to take that step because it's dark, it's scary, it's what if. All the what ifs start to pour into your heart. And so you take a step back. There are, you're, you're, there are people here that are just stepping back, uh, not stepping out, but stepping back because it's a fearful thing to go into the unknown. But listen to me, it's a stretching thing. It's where faith grows best. It's in the unknown. It's when you step out in what you don't know. The stretching starts, the growth starts to happen in what you don't know. If you're a know-it-all and you know everything, you've stopped growing. And if you want to grow the strongest in faith, then just step out on one word that God might have given you, one promise, one hope. Get a download from God this morning. Let God pour something into your imagination. What if? What if I do that? I know everybody's told me, nah, you're too old, you're too young, you're too poor, you're a woman, you're not the right color, you don't, whatever, you don't have the skills. Well, the world is full of testimonies of people that didn't have what it took but they got out of impossible by redefining that situation. They got out by getting into those four powerful forces that we're talking about this morning. They stepped out. So what is it in your world right now that you've been saying, I can't. God wants to say, you can. And God wants to say, you will. I'd like you to close your eyes. We're going to pray for a moment. And I'd like all of those listening online as well to be included in this prayer. So I want to give you a chance, firstly, to ask Jesus into your heart so that you're a candidate to have a with God. Not doing your life without Him. Perhaps you were like me way back. I did a lot of life without God in my world. It was tough going. Impossible never turned into possible. But if you're here right now, and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior to save you from everything that wants to destroy you and to give you eternal life, we're just going to pray a simple prayer. And then we're going to pray a prayer for you to step out of impossible into possible and have an outbreak in your life. I believe the presence of God is not only here in this room, but also whatever room that you're occupying right now. I believe that God is there with you. So why don't you put some faith, lean into this. We're all going to pray this prayer together. So if you've not asked Jesus into your heart or you're away from him, I want you to be included in this prayer right now. So I want you to say this with me. Dear God, I thank you that you have bridged the gap of the impossible. You have invited me 
out of my world into your world. Jesus, I give you my heart, and I thank you. Amen. Now, before we go, I'd like us all to stand right now, if you're here. We're going to sing that song about the God of the impossible in a moment. But I want to pray a prayer for you right now. And I'm speaking to, speaking into situations right now, wherever you're at. But some have just been hopeless. Mel had a word during the worship time. There's just people here that are really struggling in some areas. It's almost like what's happened, the history has just become your future, and it's just case, case sera, whatever will be, will be. And I'm here to say this morning, no, no, no. So I'm going to pray right now, and you know whatever it is that you're facing. I'm just going to pray for those four things that we prayed about, that we talked about this morning to flow into you right now. So if you'd like to just close your eyes, wherever you're at, unless you're driving a car, don't do that. Uh, Father, I just thank you right now for the power to see what you see, for the power of perception, to see things differently, to perceive you. I thank you, Lord, that we will find people in our lives that we can openly share the promise, the vision, the dream with and not get rejected. That we can find people of like faith. I pray for every person now that someone's going to come across your path that says yes and amen to your dream. That something amazing can happen when you pray together and unity can kick in. Two or more gathered again, Jesus is there in the midst. I pray that along with your dream, when God turns impossible in the possible, that you'll have a plan of generosity to flow with that. That you'll have a purpose for whatever that is. If that's to have a child, maybe you've been told you can't have a child, think about a dream for that child. If it's to get married, maybe you think it's over with, have a vision, have a mission with that person. Don't just you know, have some random person in your life because he or she happens to be good looking. <laughs> Uh, that's great for sure, but <laughs> there's more. <laughs> there's more. Have a mission. Have a common vision to do something for God together. If your heart's been broken in the past, don't let that past history become your future. This is not that. Whoever it is that God would bring in is not that person. Do you understand that? That's not. Be, be in the definition it's going to define moving forward so I break that off any previous assignments that have cursed you and you, your past I break it off right now in the name of Jesus Christ I call those assignments broken right now whatever cords have held you back from dreaming again I break that off in the name of Jesus right now you let that thing go whatever that is that past history of impossible is not going to curse you into the future. It's broken this day. 
I just ask for the presence of God right now to fill your life right now with hope and possibilities for the breakout of dreams to start to flow again. Your imagination start to pick up a pen and put the pen to paper and start journaling or thumbing it into your iPhone, whatever you want to do. Start to write those things down and watch what God does in your life. God does impossible real well. And He'll do it for you just like He did it for others. In the Bible, those testimonies are your story. You need your own testimony. And God is wanting to do that through your life right starting right now. I want you to say this out loud with me and everybody that has breath, come on, let's say this as if we mean it right now. My story is not over. It's just started. I take the impossible and I redefine it right now as possible. I will step into a new chapter as God is doing a new thing. I am working with God. I, I pray for other people to join with me to see this happen and it will. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on. God bless you if you've been watching online. You have a great week. Make sure you subscribe to our Facebook and YouTube channel, City Church, Sunshine Coast, and uh, write us with your prayer request. God bless you all. Thank you. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net. Or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.